Last time on Leighton Legends. Welcome to the garrison. We're very happy to have you. Joel here will be your lieutenant and you can go to him for any problems that you might have. Joel, already up and dressed, marches into the room. Up and at him, fellas. Welcome to your first day as operating guard recruits. You see a small halfling woman standing on a box in front of the podium. My name is Jen and you may call me Captain Jen. From here on out, all assignments will come through me and I will pass them on to you. As of last night, Steward Kalin lost his position here at the garrison. I am his replacement. Joel's group. We've received reports of subterranean activity underneath the university. Your team is to enter the region and investigate. With that, Captain Jen turns and leaves the room, leaving you alone with Joel. Okay, so I've got some bad news. You're going into the sewers. Classic. Ugh. But what do you mean, you are? You are, you are, you are. After speaking briefly with Joel, he provides you with a map and directions to the sewer entrance below the university. Your standing orders are to look around the sewers and clear out anything that you might find. Joel sort of seems to expect that you won't find anything, and he kind of seems put out. And it might be because he seems to think that they're not taking him or you seriously and that this might be some kind of hazing. You managed to find your way to the university sewer entrance. It's located in a single 10 by 10 building found behind the university. Mordecai may actually remember this building from his time at the university, though at the time he only knew it as the building that older students would hide behind as they smoked some halfling leaf in between classes. Nice. <laughs> Good times. Ah. <sighs> Okay, so you enter the sewers. Other than these lights at the entrance, it is pitch black leaning down. What do you do? I I, might, I, I believe I have dark vision. I will cast a light. Okay, tell me, uh, could you cast that and then tell me, read out what it does? Yeah, so I'm going to pull just some crap out of my pocket, maybe a, a copper or something. By the way, I noticed that you're using the material components for your spells. You don't have to worry about that in this campaign. I think it's really cool that you are the only person I've ever met who is stuck to using material components for spells. I don't care about that. Okay. I didn't want to become OP or something. No. And the reason why this is, is because you're a sorcerer, right? You're not a wizard. Sorcerer's powers come from innately within themselves. You cast these things not because you know the name of a spell and you've read and studied it. It's because you intuitively are able to just make something happen. With uh, with this spell, I do have to touch something though. So okay, I'm gonna reach into my backpack and I think I'll pull out my crowbar. Uh, I've got one in there from. Well, you guys don't need to know what I use that for. And I uh, I touch the end of it and I cast light. So now there's a 20 foot sphere of dim light that extends and just kind of fades out. So we can use that as a, a torch down here. Nice. That sounds rad. Uh, I've also got uh, dark vision, so I can see in, uh, in dark as it was dim and dim as if it was bright uh, up to 60 feet. You are in the sewers and the sewers are, they're nasty. They're not a pleasant place to be. And Valerius was totally right when he assumed that this was where a lot of public waste goes. It seems that a lot of waste from the university seems to get drenched down here and that could manifest itself in a, a few different ways but for the most part it seems like it's human waste but there is a sewage system so there's water that's kind of flushing everything down down each of these hallways we'll call them there is a stream down the middle and on either side of that is a walking area for people that need to do repairs on the sewer system or just need to investigate things to walk upon 
For the most part, things are like tile and cobblestone, but as you progress through the sewer system, you might start to see pipes and things like that. Mordecai's going to turn to the other two and be like, I used to go to this school. Expect the unexpected down here. Uh, I mean, they, they, they practice magic up there. It's not just a bunch of bookworms, so... Other than the literal bookworms, which are a fearsome foe. (laughs) (laughs) Could uh, could Giovanni use his divine sense to try to detect good or evil? Sure. Let me pull that up. I'll read it out. Divine sense. The presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor and powerful good rings like heavenly music in your ears. As an action, you can open your awareness to detect such forces. Until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any celestial, fiend, or undead within 60 feet of you that is not behind total cover. Okay, so um, if you want, you can cast that. I will. Okay, uh, let me just pull out a ruler here. Oh, should I have waited? Oh, yeah, I should have waited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but you know what? If I, I could detect anything, though, you know? Like, it's probably anything in the area, you know? If there had been evil. You, you can use this feature a number of times equal to one plus your charisma modifier. But I think I've got three. Yeah. Uh, what I can tell you is that within the field of divine sense that you've cast, you're not able to detect anything at this point. But I will give you this. Can you roll a basic charisma saving throw? Ooh. And I'm letting you do that because you cast Divine Sense. It is a saving throw. And saving throws are traditionally used whenever something is about to affect you negatively and allows you to resist it in some ways. You cast Divine Sense and you reach out with your intuition. Your sheer dedication to the sacred object allows you to just reach out and sense if perhaps there is something in here that means harm to yourself or to the sacred object. And you don't sense anything in your immediate proximity. You don't feel anything. But when you linger on that feeling, you start to reach out a bit further, perhaps past what you normally would reach. Something's there. You don't know if it's good or if it's bad, but you know it's there and it's not part of the material plane. Look alive, boys. Sub- the spider senses are tingling. <laughs> the Giovanni senses are tingling. I'm sorry, that was that was bad. Can we edit out that joke? <laughs> I'm gonna give the guys a wave and uh, just tell them this way and start walking down the corridor. Valerius, how far does um, dark vision work for you? Uh, with uh, you can see in dim light within 60 feet of you. So I, that's what I was gonna ask. Should I maybe go first? Am I able to see farther than Mordecai in it, like using his light and my dark vision, like? Yeah, by about 10 feet. Okay, so uh, why don't I go first then, guys? And I'll let us know if there's anything. Oh, whoa, guys, guys, we got an extra path here. Straight or left, can we see? Which way do you want to go? So looking to your right, uh, you can see that there is an opening, but it is an opening that has grates going through it. Oh, I see. So you're not able to pass through it yourself. They're about um, three inches apart, each of these bars. Okay. All right, then straight it is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, carry on. Can we investigate to see if we can move the bars or anything like that? Or I don't want to touch the crap bars. Uh, Val, I got a question for you. Yeah. You live out in the woods, right? Yeah. Or you used to anyways. They don't have bathrooms out there. Yes. Why are you so averse to poop? <laughs> this is a much higher concentration of poop than I'm used to. A far greater concentration of poop than I am used to, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the city, my friend. Everybody, hold on to your butts. <laughs> hold on to your butts. 
You're both very silly people. Ah, oh, come on, you gotta have a sense of humor there. Go on there, go on there, Brave Paladin, shake the bar. I would like to try my strength upon these bars here. <laughs> okay, roll a strength check. <laughs> oh, 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 at 20 plus three. Okay, you're able to bend the bar. <laughs> these are pretty rusty, ugly looking bars, and perhaps that's why you're able to get like a good grip on it and just kind of pull them apart they are three inches apart and you manage to kind of stretch them to about mm, five inches which is still a huge feat for any kind of human being trying to bend metal bars mostly just flexing for the boys <laughs> yeah so you got like a you got like a, a weird kind of gap you might be able to get through it but it it looks very tricky and also gross very gross okay which one of us is the skinniest Looking at you, pointy ears. Yeah, Val is refusing to go to slip through the bars. All right, my feat of strength is accomplished for today. <laughs> but he's, he's very impressed. I must perform one feat of strength per fortnight, lest I dull my senses. <laughs> Good paladin, maybe consider this one of your challenges, your, your great feats. Uh, feats are more open to interpretation. I will accept this one. <laughs> Much honorable. Great, you bent the bars. Now what? Does it look like I'd be able to fit through? I was going to say that about the only person you think could fit through is Val, if he made like a really good dexterity check. But then do, do we risk him getting stuck in like the poo bars? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could grease them up. With what, poo? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we piss Why on don't we... Why don't we just explore? Why don't we explore around, gentlemen? All right, all right. Like, like civilized people. And I'm and, 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 gonna start moving on ahead. And wash your hands, Giovanni. Jesus, <laughs> by by the by the by the object, man. I just wipe them off on my pants. <laughs> Sorry, I wipe my hands upon my tunic. Okay. Mordecai, you took a step forward there. He continues progressing down the hall as you two continue to talk about the shit bars. <laughs> and as Mordecai takes a step around the corner, something jumps out at him. Oh, oh is a slug? Mordecai, you look to your left just in time to see what appears to be a giant leech jump at you. Can you make a dexterity saving throw? Okay, definitely. Uh, dexterity. 17. Okay, so you step to the side just in time as this leech, which is like maybe a foot long, jumps past you and hits the wall on the other side. It hits the wall, turns around, and then it tries to charge at you again. Can I make an opportunity attack on it? Uh, you can now. So what we're in right now is kind of like a mini fight scene. I'm not going to have you roll initiative. We're just jumping straight into it. Okay, I want to slug it with my crowbar. Uh, so you're going to apply your strength bonus to that? And assuming that it hits, you get a 1d4. 1d4, okay. Uh, I'm just going to write that in here for future reference. Sure, we can add it as a weapon later. I mean, it's a weird thing to keep as a weapon. If only you had some kind of sling or something to use, that'd be sweet. Yeah, at, clo at close range. <laughs> Come on. Got an 11. You know what, Brendan? That actually hits. Nice. Huh. So you hit it, roll 1d4. Three. It's dead. Ha <laughs> <laughs> He looks down and take that, you filthy slug. Well done. You defeated the, the terrible slug. Well, he's a leech, but that's okay. All right, so you killed a, a leech. Nice. 
it is a weirdly large leech. Is there anything in that corner where he came from? There's like a couple boxes that have been broken in, but doesn't seem to be a, anything of interest. Okay, uh, keep moving forwards. Yo, nice kill, Mordecai. Ah, it's just a bug. You guys can't hear the mouth noises, can you? Just barely, but no, not really. That's not bad. Just enough to drive Josh crazy when he's editing it. <laughs> I have spent so like 60% of my time is like editing the gross noises you guys make that nobody even realizes. Oh, it's awful. I hate it. I was thinking about like actually making a, an audio clip of everybody. I know they're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are these stairs, Josh, in, in this yeah. uh, sewer on both sides? So here? you can kind of see the direction that the water is flowing. Okay. Uh, you just walked past like a bunch of pipes okay. that were kind of working together and it looks like there was another route that kind of went past the pipes maybe down but uh, uh it wasn't investigating that's fine whoa what's this up ahead whoa yeah whoa <laughs> what is going gasp on? in front of you you see a body guys can i uh loot it <laughs> no how dead is it <laughs> mordecai killed a leech you guys continued walking down the hallway and then he took a right and then walked down again into what seems to be some kind of little opening. Perhaps this is an area where engineers would kind of do some work. There seems like there's some pipes on the wall as well as a couple levers. And uh, sitting there is a human that has been long deceased. This person has been dead for a while. Their corpse is rotting, but there are parts of their body that have been ripped off. I immediately go to loot. I would hate to see the leech that did this to this man. Or woman. It's very hard to tell in their sorry state. Okay, uh, do an investigation check. And uh, Giovanni, do an insight check. That was a 16 on the investigation. And a 19 for insight. Mordecai, you managed to find three gold coins on this corpse. Perfect. It's really convenient that all of these corpses you keep finding seem to only use the one monetary system and not like <laughs> copper coins and silver coins. <laughs> Giovanni, uh, you look at the person. And they are a person. They're human. They seem to have been dead for maybe about a week. And it was a human male. And you can see that there are parts of their body that have been gnawed on. It looks like bite marks are in their legs and in their torso. And a huge section of their stomach has just been removed. My word. What type of foul beast a creature could have done such a thing? Damn. So that's information that you guys... All have, assuming that Giovanni has shared it with you. My lord, this looks to be a human male who's been dead for, I'd say, a week. Maybe a week. Sorry, not a week. That's lame's terms. Half a fortnight or so. Well, <laughs> I noticed there are bite marks in this thing. Have you ever seen anything so wild in the wildlands that you hail from? I would like to investigate, actually. So we found out a lot from Giovanni's investigation. What are you interested in learning? Uh, specifically, just like the, the bite marks. Okay, so uh, make a nature roll. Ooh, 18. Okay, so looking at these bite marks, you can see that this person wasn't killed by bite marks. Okay. They were killed by loss of blood. So this person ran out of blood and they fainted. And you know that based off of your understanding of nature and uh, anatomy. But you can see that there are bite marks that happened on the person after they had passed away. Now, these are pretty large teeth marks. They're not small animals. Okay. 
And that's about all that you can make out. Other than that, the animal was obviously carnivorous, not only because they were eating a human, but also by the sharpness of their teeth and the way it cut into the meat. Ooh, okay. I relate this to my uh, my friends here. Hey guys, uh, I have seen this. It's carnivorous. Definitely a scavenger though. Um, and this man has been drained of blood. On the ground around him, are there any blood trails? Like anything that bit him and then wandered off in any specific direction? There is some blood residue around the body, but it's not going any direction. It's just kind of like blood that, for lack of a better word, wasn't cleaned up. You know, this person died here. Not all the blood was taken, but enough to kill the person. Is he uh, is he wearing a uniform of some sort? Uh, no. From your best guess, or at least from Giovanni's best guess, because he was the one who investigated it, he would say that this person's just wearing kind of commoner's clothes. Okay. I was thinking about maybe relaying that to somebody on top side, but it, we, I guess we don't really need proof to do that. Well, maybe you could take a note of it. Maybe that'll be important later. Maybe this person has family looking for him, and this is a uh, good opportunity for you to connect with that. Well, Jeff, we're going to have to relay this to Joel. Well, I, I guess we're not going to learn anything else from this guy. We, uh, you know, might as well keep going. Yeah, yeah. Make a note of it and continue the sweep. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think he he may may perhaps be too far gone for me to layeth my hands upon him? I'm pretty sure he's missing a limb or two. I think he's starting to rot there, Giovanni. Uh, <laughs> ah, it's necromancy. Yeah, that's a bad one. We're not going to do that. <laughs> so you guys turn away from the corpse, and Mordecai is kind of leading the way because he has a glowing crowbar. Uh, as he walks down the hall, there is a door on the right-hand side that you see as the hall continues to extend down the sewers. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Can I uh, try and open the door? Uh, it is locked. Can I use my crowbar? Can I can I smash it in with my strength? <laughs> John, why don't why don't you help uh, help me out here? We can both push on the crowbar together. Who's John? John Ovani. Uh, sorry, I keep forgetting what your name is. <laughs> John Ovani. John Ovani. John is a common pronunciation of the name in the commoners' English. Giovanni is my true name. Sorry. Sorry. If I could honor the object with two feats of strength and one fourteenth of a fortnight, that would be oh, so blessed. <laughs> this is a door that is locked, so you could try to physically force it open if you wanted to. I don't have any lock picks, so that's uh, that's all I can really think of. Are you open this by yourself, or is Giovanni getting in on that as well? We think, Gio. I am very strong. Perhaps if we both lend a hand, we yeah. can combine our strength. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, how are you doing that? I'll be on the inside, and you'll be on the outside. You you push towards me, and I'll pull. No, I must be the one to pull. You must push. Uh, fine, fine, fine. I, I, I don't want to argue all night in this stinking sewer. Let's just do this and go. <laughs> okay. If I were to push into you, I would absolutely shatter every bone in your body with my strength. What I would like for you to do, Mordecai, is to make a strength check with advantage, plus five to each roll. Okay. So you had a 17 plus 5, so that's 20, 22, right? Yeah. Okay. So with the 22, you manage to pry open the door, and the door just kind of shatters and pushes in <laughs> and, and just hits against the wall there, and it just explodes. Perfect. Excellent. And it is excellent up until the point that you realize that this room is not unoccupied. Oh, no. Roll initiative. Good Lord! For initiative, that was a 16. Five for initiative. Not one plus two. At the end of this hallway, you see two somewhat humanoid shapes, but their face is elongated. Their skin is fur. 
and they have a tail that runs down the length of them. Oh, Lord, no. Could I get you guys to make a nature check? For the nature, it's a 12. 11 for nature. Crush the nature check, though. (laughs) The best that you can make out, Val, is that this is what appears to be a large rat. But Giovanni, weirdly enough, you know that these are rat folk. Perhaps it's because you grew up in Renlin, but you know the name rat folk, and you know the stories and the rumors about them. And rat folk are kind of like a hybrid of a very kind of frail human and a rat. Though about the height of a halfling, they have heads shaped like a rat, an elongated skull, thin lips, a humanoid nose, and black orbs for eyes. And they are notorious for being vicious. They do not like outsiders. Some of them that are smart enough can communicate, but for the most part, they are very aggressive. Ratman, gasp! Sorry, I rolled a, I rolled a one, so I'm assuming I'm so, so I'm so startled by recognizing these ratmen that I am petrified. So the first one up is Valerius. Valerius, in front of you stands two rat foes. One of them seems to have some kind of crude knife sword in its hand. The other one is unarmed. It's a bit smaller than the other one. Okay. Um, am I able to speak with them? I don't know. You gotta you, you gotta use a little magic, boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will cast uh, Speak with Animals, and I will try and convince them to lay down their arms and surrender. So with Speak with Animals, you're not able to control them. You're just able to talk with them. But I'm going to need you to cast that because that is a first-level spell. Okay. So, Val, you are able to channel some druidic wisdom, and you're able to kind of feel out with your, your senses that if you wanted to, you could try to communicate with them now. It is your turn, so you can use this as an action to try and communicate with them if you want. I just say, hey guys, sorry, we're just down here exploring the sewers. Uh, if you could lay down your arms, you know, report to the uh, guard, then we'll have to decimate you guys. Uh, so the ratmen have been disturbed from whatever they were doing uh, by the explosion of the door of the room that they were in. And they turn to face you, and you try to talk to them, and the rat folk go, Ah, more food! More food for the hive! More food for the hive! Yes! (laughs) Diplomacy has failed. (laughs) You still have movement if you want to move, but that was your action. I I can't attack them? Okay, I am going to uh, move out of the way and uh, push Giovanni into the door. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys, diplomacy has failed. Like you might need to roll a strength check for that. <laughs> so, Mordecai, it is your turn. Okay, I have to move a little bit closer then. And uh, we're going to go, oh, what a shocking experience! And snap both my fingers and cast Thunder Wave. So, both of these rat folk have to make a DC 13 constitution saving throw. If they fail, they take 2d8 thunder damage and are pushed 10 feet away from me if they succeed they still take half the damage but they aren't pushed tight spell awesome very nice very nice uh new question does this affect val and giovanni Uh, it's a 15 foot cube in front of me isn't it let me read this out each creature in a 15 feet cube originating from you must make a constitution saving throw so it's not just in front of you it's not a cone of thunder it is a thunder wave around your body Actually, a cube, a cubic wave. I'm, I'm going to need you guys to all make constitution saving throws. Sorry, guys. Would I be able to use my Tides of Chaos for one of them, or is that only for What me? is a Tide of Chaos? 
So as a, a wild magic sorcerer, once per long rest, I can gain advantage on an attack roll, ability check, or a saving throw. Would I be able to use that for one of them? No. Okay, never mind. Sorry, guys. Ugh, I get hit. Only 2d8. Jesus. Ooh. <laughs> Not Val. <laughs> there we go. I'm very surprised to see that the guy who is scared of poop has a constitution save of 20. Okay, so one of the rats is affected by it. The other rat is uh, not, which means that he takes, what, half damage? Yeah. So roll your damage. And then everybody who succeeded on this takes half damage. Anybody who did not gets the works. So 12 damage. Jesus. 12 damage. Oh, Jesus. I feel like like Giovanni is wearing a lot of metal, so the thunder is just easily attracted to him. He's a lightning rod, if you will. Oh, man, that's a lot. Mordecai doesn't even notice that it's going behind him. 21 minus 12. Jesus Christ. Nine? Jesus. This is pretty common for the way my spells go. There's always a bad side effect. Sorry. Six by six is six. Oh, yeah. Good Lord, Mordecai, that burns. <laughs> okay, so one of the rat folk at the end of the hall goes flying back into the darkness beyond what you can see and there's no noise that comes from them anymore the other rat folk manages to not be affected quite as much by the thunder that is raiding out from your character and they only take six points of damage okay i still have a bit of movement left right um yes gonna walk back towards the door seeing that that kind of failed on the bigger rat guy We'll walk back at like five feet. Speaking of which, it is the rat folk who managed to survive. It is his turn. And he's going to run at you, Mordecai. Of course. And he's going to attack you. Good. <laughs> I said I was sorry. <laughs> did I Did I say I was sorry? I can't remember. I, I, I like the wild and crazy magic. That's cool. <laughs> he hits you with a 13. Yep. Yep. And that hits you for eight damage. Oh, all right. Oh, seven. Okay, it is Giovanni's turn. Mordecai is in front of you, and in front of him is a rat person that just slashed at him. Can I uh, barge between them and make a swing? Uh, yeah. I mean, you're gonna. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but yes. I don't care. I'm gonna do it. I'll, I'll just push, push whoever I need to get out of the way to kill this rat. You guys ever get electrocuted? It doesn't feel very good. That times 12 for Giovanni right now. I've never enjoyed it myself either. Come on, guys, live a little. All right, so I'm going to swing one-handed longsword, and I rolled 18. Okay, with that 18, you just slash clean off the rat's head. Nice. Six damage does that. Nice. The rat folk body stands there for a second as its head just kind of falls off of its corpse, and then the rest of it follows soon after, hits the ground. Can I take his weird knife thing? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Short sword minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Extra rusty. Negative attack modifier, but you get a plus four to uh, intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> that would, I mean, that'd be pretty funny. What you have to do is an investigation check. We're looting bodies here, right? Yeah. Let's do an investigate. Maybe you're not able to find it. 21. That's a nat 20. <laughs> okay. You found it. It is a rusty sword. Okay. You can put that in your inventory if you like, and I'll give you the stats on that real quick. Like, I'm basically just looking to loot as much stuff as I can to go back and sell to the gnome. Yeah. yeah, totally. With that investigation check, I'll also let you know that there are a few kind of boxes in this room, and they're all kind of broken open. They're rotted. But in a few of them, after picking through them, you're managed to find five gold. Oh, sweet. Don't mind if I do. Just another 107 gold to go. 
Are we out of combat now? Can I just lay hands upon myself? Yep, you are out of combat. Why are you hurt? Because I shocked him. Because of the lightning. I took 12 damage. <laughs> <laughs> you f***ing idiots. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've just started this dungeon and all of you are at half health. <laughs> well, not me. I'm at 19 health. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to lay hands upon yourself, at least do it in the yeah. decency of your own room. <laughs> All right, so there's that. Um, Giovanni, do you happen to have anything that could help others? Quite frankly, they've made their electrical beds and they can sleep in them. <laughs> I, uh, I'll just stay in the front this time and soak up all the rusty sword blows and we'll get through this dungeon. Giovanni's been in a couple of sewers before. This is <laughs> he, he just wants to get through this and get done and go punch Joel as hard as he can in the back of the head. <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Boy, I wish you guys had bought some, I don't know, health potions or something back at the base. We didn't find any. That what we didn't investigate. Yeah. It was not in the building. We didn't even ask about it. We rolled to investigate for useful things. It's true. I think a potion would be very useful. I don't like things clogging up my inventory. I do that. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Let's just keep going. You leave the desiccated corpses of the rat folk. Awesome. Solid work there. Okay, I'll front Giovanni. Follow me. I'm going to walk right behind you so that the light kind of envelops above our heads. Should we go right, left, or straight? Ooh. Uh, I feel like the north road will just lead to that uh, gate that I bent with my strength. Or is that further down? What do you think? That's further down, I think. Yeah, I think this is up towards the pipes. Let's go straight ahead. Yeah. Straight ahead? Yeah. Let's, let's forge forwards, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm down. Giovanni and Mordecai, make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, no, a trap. 17. What did I roll? Oh, I, can't, I can't see it. 16. Nice. So you continue to step down the hallway. And as you do, you enter into an opening in the facility. It's a fairly large room. And you step into it. And as you do, two leeches from either side of you strike out at you. Ah, slugs. But due to some kind of, I don't know, twist of fate, you manage to just nimbly step on either side of them they go flying past you and it's then that you look up and you realize that they're not the only leeches in this room uh, what is that something you could only describe as a ginormous leech it is absolutely huge i mean still small for monster size but it is it is a ridiculous thing. It is like five feet tall and this slug-like creature with slime dripping off of its body, dark as the darkness that it hides in. Oh my god, it's one of the bookworms! <laughs> and with that, roll initiative. <laughs> That's a 13. <laughs> 15 for me. Okay, um, Valerius, you managed to get the drop on them. You see your two friends duck out of the way as the leeches jump at them, and you manage to use that as an opportunity to jump right into the fight. What do you do? Can I, I target the small leech nearest, uh, like in the south flank? Yeah, you can target that. What do you want to do? Uh, okay, so I would like to use my spear on it. Okay. Is it better than a normal spear? No, it just looks nice. It's a bit, it looks nice than a normal spear. Somebody has applied some real nice oil to that spear shaft. They spent a lot of time rubbing that spear shaft, and it just, it gleams. 
Mordecai was able to beat one of these suckers with a crowbar, so. Yeah, they're real squishy. I'm hoping I can finish it with just one good poke. Sure, sure, sure. You're you're about as strong as a slug. So let's see how well you <laughs> can hit. Man. All right, so you charge towards this leech, and you grab your walnut spear by the <laughs> shaft. It's glossy hilt just enveloping your hands as you just grip it as strong as you can and you shove it at this leech and the leech just says no it's not gonna do that today <laughs> you try to stab at it and you end up going a little bit too much to the right and you just hit the floor instead crap next up is the large leech the one that was in the background Argus, the blackness he hides in he's going to slither over to giovanni and he's going to bite him. Well, he's going to try. Uh, uh, oh, God. I don't want this to be a repeat of the last episode. But, yeah, he tries to hit Giovanni. He rolled a 9. And Giovanni's AC is just well beyond a 9. And he misses. So he goes and he dives at Giovanni. He hits your armor. And then he just kind of hits it like a bird hitting a window. And just slides down <laughs> it and hits the ground. And next up is Giovanni. I am going to try. I'm just going to go super hard on this guy and just try to... Flash him, my sword. A 17 hit? A 17 hits. For seven slashing. The leech didn't like that. So you hit the leech. It slices through it. And it looks like the leech is like it's in half at this point. And it's oozing blood from its body. But it's still there. It's wriggling towards you still. Next up is Mordecai. Uh, seeing that there's, there's more enemies in the room, Mordecai is going to roll up his sleeves. And uh, underneath, you see these really well-done tattoos. They're black and teal. They're kind of tribal. And you can see there's some words written in there, some runes. Just going to concentrate real hard, ball up his fists. And from the tattoos, mage armor is cast. It's, uh, it's not. It's not? Nothing happens. Okay, so he looks down. And he starts squeezing his hands a couple more times. And it's like, come on. Beats his arms together. Nothing? Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing happens, and, you know, everyone's kind of confused by what you're doing. Trust me, this uh, this doesn't <laughs> usually happen. Uh, 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 Sick ink, bro. <laughs> yeah. Inks, I guess. Uh, screw it. So nothing happens, Mordecai, but I'll allow you to do something else. Okay. Um, I will immediately cast Ray of Frost. So I will aim at the large leech, the bookworm, and let's let's make a spell attack. 18 to hit. Awesome. Okay. You have this weird kind of awkward situation where you're just kind of flexing your forearms and nobody quite understands what you're doing. And then not quite knowing what to do next, you just kind of reach out your arm and you throw a spear of ice at the leech that was right in front of Giovanni. And it just impales it. There was not much to it other than that it was closely starting to resemble two leeches, but it's dead now. It is no leech. The leech is no more. Oh, right on. Nice. Well, at least something goes right. Jeez. The other two leeches are still there, and one of them makes a jump at Val. And it rolled an 11. Val, does that hit you? It's a 12 to hit. Nice. It tries to strike at Val after Val jumped at him with his spear, but it just flipped flops to the side and doesn't even manage to get a hit on him. It goes for his boot, but it just gets lodged onto the leather and falls off. The next one is the upper leech. It's also going to try and jump at Mordecai because he's the closest one to it. I got to figure out a way to pull aggro. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha! Mordecai doesn't 11 hit. No, no, it does not. 
All right, you lucky bastards. So the uh, leech tries to jump at Mordecai and just doesn't manage to get a grip on him. It just falls to the ground as well. Next up, Valerius. That stupid leech has gotten spit and slime all over my leather armor. A little icked out by it. Like, hey, man, not cool. So I'm going to try and give him, give him a little stab with the old spear again. I like Val because he's kind of a hypocrite. He's this crunchy kind of nature guy. But like, oh, like, like, oh, look at this, like, slug. It's too close to me. Get it off of me. It's gonna make me dirty. Well, it's a, it's a poo slug. It's a dirty sewer poo shit slug. Like, it's a, it's a poo slug. <laughs> Wait, uh, Val, are you throwing at him or are you trying to stab him? No, I'm just trying to stab. Him. All right, so that hits. This is a foot long leech, but you managed to just like <laughs> duck the tip of your spear right into it. You shove your shaft into the leech, and it just it reaches out with an intense amount of emotion, and then just dies. If leeches could scream, that's the noise it would make. I think that's the correct sound for a leech. <laughs> and with that, I think it's Giovanni's turn. I will strike out at the northernmost leech with all the might and fury of my long sword. All right. One-handed, because I'm holding a shield in the other. I really wish I didn't roll that twice, because the first roll was a 22, and the second one was an 8. <laughs> but you rolled the 22, right? I rolled the 22. I don't know why I rolled again, but... So, okay. I'll take the 22. <laughs> uh, so G Yeah, of course you will. So, Giovanni rolled a 22. Uh, it's, it's dead. It's so dead. It is incredibly dead. It's like it jumped up into the air at you, even though it's only a foot long, and it is a fairly small thing. And it's dashing through the air at you. You just hold your longsword one-handed and just cut it in half. And the front half hits your chest plate and just falls off onto the ground. And the second half just goes flying. Maybe it goes past Mordecai's face. Mordecai himself can see it just kind of in slow motion until it hits the wall. And that's it. Everything's dead now, man. Everything's dead. Hi everyone, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just going to take a moment here to make a few announcements. First, thanks to everyone who has been listening to the last few podcast episodes. It's super exciting to know that people are listening and appear to like what we've done thus far, though there is a lot more that is going to be coming. A few people shared the podcast and their names have been incorporated into this as well as past episodes. If you've been following along, you may know that Constable Joel is named after our friend Joel Primo from the Daybreak Johnnies. But this week, you'll have met Giovanni's dad, Cody, named after our friend Cody Gagnon. You can find her as Leyland.Cody on Instagram, and she's also done some artwork for our show. You also have met Giovanni's sister, Paladin Mames, named after our friend Mames Fam Ducharme. You can find her on Twitter as at Mames, where she does a bunch of awesome cosplay stuff. Lastly, we just met Captain Jen, named after our friend Jen Lalonde. Thank you so much, you guys, for sharing this podcast. It means a lot to us. If you'd like to have your name incorporated into the Late and Legends legend, please share our podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook with the hashtag Late and Legends, lowercase all one word. You can also find us on each of those platforms under the same name. We've been posting episodes weekly on Wednesdays, and occasionally we'll share artwork made by our friends. Most recently, Catherine Hatherley made us some awesome pictures of Automaton number 5 and the Mega Automatron that the guys fought in the last episode. Though, full disclosure, Kate is my wife.
But she makes that artwork of her own free will because she likes the show, not because she's obligated by, you know, being married to me. So if you'd like to see that or any other artwork, check out our Instagram page. Additionally, I've set up a Patreon page for the podcast where listeners who are interested in donating to the podcast can throw in a few bucks. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Legends. There's no pressure to do so, but there are a few perks that you can get by donating besides just a general feeling of warmth and satisfaction knowing that you helped a bunch of poor podcast fantasy actors, writers, people. Yeah. For $3 a month, we'll include your name in a patron shout-out at the end of each episode. For $5 a month, you get early access to the episodes before they even come out, as well as the patron shout-out. Everyone out here on the internet is suckers, waiting until Wednesday to get their latent Legends fix. But you don't have to do that. You'll get access to each episode sometimes several days before they're supposed to come out. And for $15 a month, not only will you get the patron shout-out, not only will you get early access to all the episodes, but we'll also provide you a one-time fan message. You know this spot here, right here in the middle of the episode where I make announcements? You could have your very own message, assuming it's nothing really rude. I'm happy to do that for you. Or I could even strong-arm one of the other guys into doing it. Whatever you want, you've earned it. There's no pressure to stick around if you don't want to, and you can cancel your patronage whenever you'd like. So that's it for announcements. Let's get back into the action. Can I take the teeth out of the large uh, bookworm? You're going to have to do a nature check. Nature Nature! Minus one for me. Let's see how that goes. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so what did you roll there, Giovanni? Uh, two. Minus one. One. But it's not a nat one. <laughs> All right. You're safe. I was going to make something very bad happen to you. But you're not able to find anything. You're not even sure if leeches have teeth. You're still very kind of confused about even what a leech is. These are like large slimy squirrels to you. <laughs> We should just try to get some sort of token or proof that we've slayed all these beasts for Joel. Anybody got a bag? No? All right. <laughs> Anything else? Are you guys done? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Moving forward. Press on. Yeah. Press on. Yeah, that's right. Is there anything else in this in this room that we can see? Is this a door over here? Yes, that is a door. And I'll tell you this. The room you're currently in, where you fought these leeches, came out of the hallway that you walked through. It's a large cobblestone room with small pools of water running here and there. There is a walkway that extends around the outside of the room, and you can see that there are a few doors, one to your right and one to your left. And the room continues to extend into darkness. And is there a door up here? Right now, you're looking at a door to your right. Knock her down, boys. See if it's locked first. Giovanni, you gonna you gonna try opening it or no? Well, are we doing the north door or the south door? What do you guys what do you want me to knock open? Uh, let's try the north one here. Okay. I'm not even gonna check if it's locked. I'm just gonna go for a strength bash. <laughs> okay. 18. The door explodes. Giovanni just <laughs> leans against the door and it just shatters underneath his weight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a Daryl Lick like storage room. Oh, okay. Is there anything in the storage room? Can we investigate? 
as with most places that you've looked at in this facility, it's just kind of like some rotting wooden boxes and like that's about it. There's a there's a mop, but even the mop itself is rotting. I always wonder about these places, like why there's always just full of crates and things and sometimes very valuable loot and locked chests. Uh, Giovanni, can you make an investigation check? Yeah, for sure. I am the worst person to be investigating stuff. Why do I keep investigating today? Ooh, 15. Not bad. You look inside one of the rotten wooden boxes, and inside of it is a glass container, and you can kind of make out what looks like maybe a product label that was on the glass container, and it says Senor Clean on it. (laughs) (laughs) Could it be uh, safe to say that I'm familiar with the product, being the son of a merchant? Yes, you are very much aware of Senor Clean. Senor Clean has a whole product line in Renlin, like specifically for Renlin. Yeah, I'm familiar with their leather and metal polish. Yes. I think this is just the generic the, the generic all-purpose Senor Clean. I'm going to add that to my inventory, though. You never know when we'll have a, uh, some sort of ceremony we'll have to attend. You know, we'll have to spruce up the armor a little bit. Yeah. So what it is, is it is a glass container and has a cork stopper in the end of it. And just a very faint product information on the thing. And it says Senor Clean. And there's a man standing on it. And he has a black shirt. And he has a very hairy head. Like a lot of hair. But he does have a single earring on the one side. And he's just kind of flexing at what would be the the painter's perspective. Is it uh, safe to assume that the earring is on the opposite side of Mr. Clean's earring? Uh, Yeah, I'm not familiar. Who's Mr. Clean? (laughs) I'm not familiar with uh, Mr. Clean, but it would be uh, probably on the opposite side of it. Excellent. I uh, check the opposite door. Sure. So you scramble back after picking up some Senor Clean. And yeah, the other door is there. It is not locked, but it doesn't seem to be opening. You're not sure if maybe the wood has swollen around the um, edges of the door. Crowbar again? Yep. Give it a go. Yeah. So that was at 20. Yeah. The door really wasn't even that closed. It was just <laughs> like you just kind of held the crowbar at the door. It wasn't even in the right position. You just kind of poke the door with the crowbar and the door just flies open. Oh, wow. These doors are violent today. And you open the door into another room with a, lo and behold, door. Can I try that door? So you try that door? Uh, It is locked. Crowbar again? Why not? Seven. Nothing happens. I'm going to look over at Giovanni and be like, ah, man, I I just can't get this one. You want to try hitting it real hard? (laughs) All right. Here we go again. I'm going to back up out of the way. Oh, yeah. That's a nat 20. Oh, man. Either these doors do not open for you guys, or they just explode. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, what is... Giovanni, the door is locked. It is very clearly locked. You put your hand on it, you try to turn it, nothing happens. And you just kind of push a little bit, and you just push your hand through the handle, and the handle just pops out on the other side, and you end up pushing the rest of the door open. And in you see... Ratman, Ratman, Ratman. Ratman! Oh, yeah. Are they munching on a corpse? Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, gnarly. As you open the door, there is a bit of a fire here in the uh, bottom corner of it. Um, Because I rolled a nat 20 on breaking that door, could I get, like, uh, can I roll initiative with opportunity or something like that? No. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you got a twenty on opening the door. You opened the door real well. Well, I wasn't opening the door. I stated I was going to bash it. So, whatever, it's cool. 
I'll bash these rat men instead. You know what? I'll give you a second here. You've convinced me. I, I believe in whatever you're doing. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll a deck save for one of the rat people. You push the door open, and the handle didn't just push through as you pushed on the handle. The handle literally shot through. And it just went flying, and it went straight at one of the rat people, and one of the rat people got hit for one hit point. Excellent. Nice. You earned that one. <laughs> well played. Yeah, well played. Every every damage point counts. Uh-huh. And it's time for initiative. Roll initiative. <laughs> Did I click initiative? I got 12. That was a four. I rolled a 12. Dude, these are some fast rats. I don't know. I, I kind of want the rats to win. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, did you guys ever play the the game Vermintide, the Warhammer one? No. It's like no. I've dead. seen it. I have not played it though. It's really fun, but there's no no one plays it, so I play with bots all the time. But it's just Left for Dead, but with hordes of rat men, and you just mow them down. <laughs> First up is a rat that you can't actually see. So you've opened up the door into a room. There are two rats there, and there is a corpse on the ground that the rats seem to be around. But out of the darkness, as you walk into the room, jumps another rat. The more the merrier. I love bashing rats. This rat runs out of the darkness and straight up to Giovanni. It is just out of reach of Giovanni, so it's not going to actually make an attack. Coward. All right, so a uh, second rat now runs out of the darkness and runs straight at Giovanni, and he's going to make a stab at him. Well, he's going to try to make a stab. Jesus, you ca- that cannot be your catchphrase. <laughs> I can try to make it my catchphrase. <laughs> Are you trying to figure out a way to make the rat roll 19 despite me? Yes. I feel like you're just clicking away trying to get a, trying to get a 19 here. Uh, this is 16 hit. No, it has 19 or higher. You are way too strong for a second level player. <laughs> Paladin. I don't got a lot of other things going for me. Really good armor. Okay, Giovanni, it is your turn. I'm going to bash that rat's head in with my sword. The rat that just struck at you? Yeah. F-ing hell. Oh, I rolled a nat 20 plus 5 attack modifier. <laughs> 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 that rat is in 14 pieces. That hits the rat, and it does 11 plus 7 damage, so 18 damage. Perhaps once it had dreams of, like, what it would do when it became (laughs) Lord of the Rats, but those dreams are dead, because it's dead. There's nothing it can do anymore. He just wanted to eat a big piece of cheese. Its whole goal in life was just to eat as much cheese as it could, and you just stole that right out from underneath it. That's a dead rat. Excellent. Awesome. So it is now another rat's turn. So there's a rat here, and it is maybe a couple feet away from Giovanni. It's one of the first rats you guys saw as you walked into the room. And it just runs up to the other side of you, and it's going to start gnawing at your shield arm. Again, it is going to try to gnaw at your shield arm. I didn't say it, you did. I resisted. I don't care anymore, man. That sounds like a specific attack, though. I feel like it should be a disadvantage to that roll. <laughs> it's actually an advantage. Oh, Giovanni, I'm so sorry. This rat just saw you kill its older brethren and just runs past it over top of its corpse, launches at your shield arm, and it just takes a huge bite at you. It rolled a natural 20, and it rolled a 3 plus 2, so that is 5 damage. 
Oh, gnarly. Would it be safe to say that, that rat is coming out of the cellar and is definitely back for more? <laughs> <laughs> He's back for more. You turn away. <laughs> All right, next is the rat that was in the far corner of the room. It's running up. It's also going to take a swipe at Giovanni because it's back for more. <laughs> round, and, round and round we go. Yo, the rat gang. <laughs> uh, he rolled a 20 as well, but it was not a natural 20, and that is five points of damage. So I'm at nine health. Looks like I'm healing on my next turn. Next up is Mordecai. All right. I'm going to crouch down a little bit, and I'm going to try and shoot off a guiding bolt towards the rat that's trying to grab his shield arm. Nice. Okay, so 17 to hit. Right. Doing uh, Mordecai's patented finger guns, he shoots off a blue streak of light towards the rat and hits him for 46 damage. He takes 20. Holy sh**. The rat explodes. <laughs> Visceral everywhere. This is a rat no more. This rat simply ceased to be. It's dust. It's dust in the wind. Rat dust. Rat dust in the wind. Title of the episode. I actually already, I already have a title for this episode. Is it Rat's Greatest Hits? <laughs> You know what? I might change it to that. Here That's we go, cool. round and round. <laughs> <laughs> round and round. These are all great. Mine was leeching off the system, but... That's good to Yeah, I like them all. Oh. Uh, Brennan, can you roll a d20? Definitely can. Nat 1! Okay, that changes some things. Wild Magic Surge! Flipping through my spell book here. I'm excited to see how this Wild Magic Surge works after so much hype. Like, it could be something fantastic or something just horribly pedantic. Something gruesome and macabre, perhaps? Brendan. Yes. Mordecai. Yes. Could I get you to roll a D100? Oh, that's cool. Drum roll. 60. Oh, Total party kill. It's uh, uh, not like that. Okay. Whew. Two days ago, you died. You were laying in the training grounds, and you felt like you were going to die, but you got up. You don't know how. You don't even know why. But you got up, and when you did, you did so by drawing upon a strange warmth coming from inside your chest and flowing out to the rest of your body, through your arms, through your torso, through your legs. And you cast Guiding Bolt again today. You threw it at that rat. And as you did so, you felt that warmth again. And it came out again through your arms and out your hands. And as you did so, the tattoos on your arms began to glow. It's a white, hot, arcane heat. And for whatever reason, and you don't know why, you feel like you could cast more magic if you wanted to. You don't feel like you're going to be held back by the spells that you've already cast. You feel like you could do more. You have more power. <laughs> and what that roughly translates to is you regain your lowest level expended spell slot. <laughs> so f*** you for getting like such a great roll on your first wild magic surge i got a guiding bolt back fantastic so let's just take a brief pause here what we have been doing for the last episode and what we are doing from here on out is mordecai's character has specifically selected a trait called wild magic as their background 
which means that the magic that they use to fuel their spells comes from some kind of innate chaotic source within themselves. And how this manifests itself in the game is whenever Mordecai casts a spell of level one strength or higher, they have to roll a d20. And if they roll a natural one, then they have to now roll a d100. And that tells us what happens. So what it really is, is like this being is casting spells, but occasionally things go wrong or they go right with their spells that are outside of their control. In this case... Mordecai just had to be a goody two-shoes, and he finally got his first nat one, yeah. and it just worked out for him, which is real great if you're a storyteller, if everything just goes well for the players <laughs> that you're playing with. And in this case, Mordecai got a spell slot back as a result of rolling a nat one during his wild magic surge. So there you go. Nice. That seems uh, kind of anticlimactic. Sounds like there's a lot you of. You built it up really well, though. So you built you built it up really well. It's just a spell slot. Yeah, I know. There's some there's some situations where random creatures could be summoned, or the party could be teleported to another plane of existence. It is literally just opening up a world into chaos. Exactly. Anything could happen. That's cool. Technically, we have like 50 different options for things that could happen, and for whatever reason, Mordecai just managed to roll the one good one, yeah. which is, I hope, will be the last time that happens. <laughs> Alright. Um, okay, there's another rat here. It's one of the first rats you saw as you entered, and it is going straight for Giovanni, and it is going to try and take a bite out of it. <laughs> as rats do. As rats do. That rat rolled a 17. The 17 doesn't hit? Nope. Of course it doesn't. All right. Um, okay, you're acting like I never get hit by anything, but I am almost dying from rats biting through my armor somehow. And also thunder. I hit him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What are you talking about? Mordecai hit you. <laughs> I know, but you're acting you're like, of course, nothing ever hits you. And I'm, just like, I'm constantly getting hit by shit. <laughs> yeah, but you're constantly getting hit by your allies. It's not me. It's not any of the schemes I'm doing. Oh, that only happened oh, time. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I forgot to turn friendly fire off. Give me a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up is Valerius. Yeah. Valerius, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to work my way down. Down the hallway here. After the last fight, you picked up your spear? Yes, of course. So I yanked that out of the leech. Yep. Am I able just to move past Giovanni and Mordecai who are stacked up in this door here, or or is that too much to ask? Most of these entrances are built so that two people could walk down them side by side. Okay. Things are a bit hairy right now because you are in a fight, and Mordecai is in the center, kind of behind an open door, and Giovanni is within the open door. You think that maybe you could step past Mordecai, but it might be impossible for you to step past Giovanni. I got you. He's, he's really kind of blocking the entrance there and all the rats yeah. around too as well. Um, you I stab I'm, a rat I'm, with a spear. I am definitely going to stab a rat, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going I'm to go for this guy on his side here. I don't want him getting his, his mace arm uh, locked up. <laughs> okay, so you're going to try and nimbly stab past Mordecai through the door just behind Giovanni's back and hit this rat that's to his right. That kind of is a bit of a reach, but... Okay, all right. Uh, you are technically within distance when you have a spear, so <laughs> give it a go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <This> little... Nice. <laughs> so you rolled a 13, uh, which does hit the rat folk, and they take four points of damage. Nice. Very nice. They're still up, but they're, uh, they're not feeling good about themselves, uh, either personally or physically. 
And some of the decisions they made today. Like, like... Yeah. Next up is the next where rat, which is actually dead. So Giovanni, we're back to you. Nice. I'm gonna bash the one that uh, doesn't have any spear damage. I'm gonna go for the fresh rat. The fresh. I want to take a swing at this fresh rat. <laughs> nice and juicy. Oh yeah. Giovanni connects with 24 and for 10 slashing damage. All right, with uh, 24, you cut the rat in two. It's no longer there. It's very much a, a dead rat. It was the rat. best of rats. It was the worst of rats. All right, you did a great job. You killed that rat. Uh, next is the rat you did not kill, unfortunately, and he's going to jump at you. Yeah, well, I mean. Don't even say it. Gonna, Don't even what, say what, what's it. What's he going to do here? Roll a nat 20 and do nine damage? Nope. Nope. He rolled a 10. He tried his hardest. He jumps at you. He grabs onto his arm and he just flops off like a, a sad fish. I would still say it was an invasion of his privacy, though. Oh, my God. Are, are, are you looking up rat song titles or do you know these? It's on the top of my head, but I am going to try and cram as many rat puns <laughs> as I can in here. <laughs> I understand that's a rat reference, but just for uh, propriety's sake, you guys are actually invading their area. Like you yeah. literally kicked in a door to like <laughs> to kill these rat they, people. Multiple doors. They live in the sewer that belongs to the city. We're being paid for this. So, and you know what? You have no idea whether they paid their taxes or not. They definitely didn't. They don't have any money on them. You don't know that either. I've got a hunch. Okay, so that's the end of that rat turn. It misses Giovanni, and now it is Mordecai's turn. What do you got for us? I'm going to try and shiv it with the rusty sword. Nice. We're just going to, like, just stab. Shiv the rat. All right, have at it. One rusty sword. Five. <laughs> you miss. I figured as much. It's really hard to get around Giovanni. It is quite. It is quite. In more ways than one. You, you try to stab at him, but you're just not used to the weight of it or something. You haven't done a lot of fencing practice and it's just kind of, it's a weird kind of shaped metal. It, it doesn't work for you. You try to flash at him, and it just kind of goes wide. Nothing happens. All right, next is Valerius. Uh, okay. Val, what do you got for us? I, I'm just going to keep on poking at the, the rat that I stabbed previously. Stabby, stabby. Uh, that was a 14 and uh, four piercing damage. Very nice. So you stab at this rat and you impale it again. I mean, the nice thing about spears is that the ways that they kill are very literally straightforward. You just kind of stabbed and it's a, it's a dead rat now. It kind of looks like maybe if a giant was about to have dinner, he would want to roast this on a spit. This would be like a little teriyaki roll for him. A little kebab. A little kebab. There you go. You no longer are able to hear any more rats and it would seem to you that the fight is now over. Okay. Let's plunge into the room and do some investigating. Let's check out this corpse here. I noticed he's not wearing any. Yeah, for sure. May I investigate his pockets? Yeah, so you step into the room. Uh, you step over the rat corpses, and you see that there is a human body on the ground that is bleeding. Could you roll an investigation check? Sure thing. Ooh, not today. I want to use my Tides of Chaos to roll that again. Val, are you also rolling to check out this body? Uh, I will. Uh, investiga investigation? Yeah. I'll, I'll roll as well. There we go. Oh, yeah. Mordecai, do you still want to use your points of chaos or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really see any other use for it right now, so. I feel like there are a lot of uses for that, and you're welcome to use it on this investigation check if you'd like. I love it. I'll get it back after a long rest, so. All right. Mordecai, could I have you re-roll an investigation check? 
using up your tides of chaos PowerPoint. And just for reference for the audience listening, and this is a skill that Mordecai possesses that allows him to re-roll any kind of saving throws that he has. Yeah. So I have a 17. Awesome. So what happens is Giovanni walks in, looks at the body, and he's not able to make heads or tails of it, which is kind of funny because you've been looking at a lot of heads and tails from killing all the rat folk. Oh my God. Uh (laughs) And then Mordecai goes over to the body and he's not quite able to make out much from it. It it feels like he's not going to be able to get anything. And then all of a sudden his vision kind of blinds over. You can kind of see weird bits of light kind of sparking out of his eyes, circling his head. And Mordecai looks at the corpse and he says, I know exactly what it is. It's, and then as soon as he's about to say what it is, Val steps in and said, oh yeah, that guy uh, definitely got bit by a bunch of rats there. He's, uh, he, he definitely got, oh, look at all those rat bites on him. It's just everywhere. And then Mordecai turns to Val. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> Is there anything in particular you wanted to know about this corpse? Yeah, how how much gold was he carrying? Did he have any things that were worth value? <laughs> He's not wearing pants, so I mean, I don't know where he put his gold. He's got a sleeping bag in the corner. I think those might be the rats. Uh, well, uh, you have no idea. <laughs> you go to look for gold on this guy, and he's definitely not wearing pants. And Ew. Also, <laughs> he Ew. also doesn't have any money purse on him. Uh, he's just kind of like an old corpse that's maybe about a week old, and it's very clearly dead and has nothing on it. I'm very sorry. Not as sorry as the king rat's going to be when I catch up with him. You can look around the room and you can like, explore things if you like. I'll check out the campfire area. What's in the sleeping bag? Uh, so you want to like investigate the campsite? Can I have each of you make an investigation check? Yeah. 15. 14. And Val got an 8. Giovanni, you're able to kind of make out what happened here. This looks like a campsite that was maybe built by some vagabonds. These people had two sleeping bags here. They had a fire and they had like a little honestly a a little life here and it seems like something happened and they were no longer safe here based off of the corpses of the rats that you've killed you might imagine that perhaps some rat folk moved into the area after some vagabonds had been living here and the vagabonds were just not able to defend themselves and one of them tried to run away the other one was killed instantly as soon as the rat folk moved in There are only two sleeping bags, and you've only found two bodies. So you can imagine that perhaps the people that were living in the sewer systems are, they're dead. Can I cut the rat's tail off to keep as, like, trophies? Yeah, make a uh, nature check. Ah, Can't just hack the tails off? That tail necklace. I want to just keep them all so we can present them later. Yeah, and that's exactly what you're doing. Okay, Uh, where's nature? Oh my god. (laughs) So what I'm doing is I'm I'm letting you kind of figure out how many you're able to remove the tails from. So what did you roll there? Six. Okay, you got a six. It's not a good roll. You managed to remove two of the tails from each of the rat folk that you have killed. Sick. There wasn't any, like, food or anything like that in the fire, eh? They weren't, like, cooking up a little... No hooch? Dude, you wanted the weak old nasty food. Best you can tell, it's only maybe a few embers... The fire looks like it has been kept going by the rat folk. So that's kind of interesting, I guess, from a scientific perspective that these rat folk are able to use fire. <laughs> but there's nothing there. Okay, then uh, I'm just, I'm just going to use one of my other spells to heal myself then. 
Okay. I'm gonna use uh I'm gonna cure wounds upon myself. Cure it away, Paladin. Can I get some of that lay on hands love or what? No, I, I used all my lay on hands on myself. <laughs> D8 and my spell modifier is one. Nine, baby. Well, nice. Okay, so you get nine hit points back. I am rejuvenated. Now what? Is there a door at the bottom? No, that is solid wall. All right, then towards the stairs. How uh, sturdy does that wall look? No, I'm just kidding. Ooh, shrine. What's going on in here? Fairy fountain, yeah. Yeah, so it's a kind of a, a weird room. that. So you've walked up the stairs coming off of the room with the rats, and you enter a room that has a number of lights going around it as well as a pool at the far side of it. And there seems to be a statue in it that is just kind of standing there. You're not sure what the statue is. Uh, it could be anything. And there are some seats that are standing there. Because I used to go to this university, would I have heard any rumors about any underground shrines or temples? No, not necessarily. All right. Then can I just investigate the statue? Yes, you can. So I'll give you an option here. Okay. I want you to either make a Arcana check or a Religion check. Arcana it is. 14. So you recognize this as a statue that is often present in a lot of structures. This is a statue of someone who perhaps is a patron saint. You're, you have a tough time because it's a religious icon, you can tell. But it, it doesn't really touch too much on your understanding of magic. Other than that, this is a statue that is frequently seen at the sites of many kind of infrastructure or any kind of large uh, building endeavors. Okay. Does the uh, the water in front of it look clean or is it sludgy also? Uh, it looks clean, but it does look stagnant. Okay. I'd like to put a drop of senior queen into the water. <laughs> okay. Oh. You do that. Doesn't do anything. If you were an inquisitive person, which of course we know about Giovanni, he's not an intellectual. But if you were an intellectual, you might be able to conclude that this water is slightly more acidic. <laughs> uh, Gi Giovanni, did you read the bottle? I think it says you got to agitate it first. I'm going to wash my hands in the pool of water to clean the poop and the rat guts off my armored bits. <laughs> <laughs> I, already, I already got the soap in there. What? Like it's I can't be walking around these poop clubs. Like you gotta stir it up with your sword. <laughs> so Giovanni tries to wash his hands in the water after having added the Mr. Clean to it. Oh no. Giovanni, you now have a plus one to charisma for the next ten minutes. <laughs> I have to reward that kind of behavior. Alright. <laughs> Well, guys, it's uh, kind of a dead end over here. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to bash the statue. Oh, dude, no, that's bad karma. Yeah, that's bad karma. I, I... That's a weird thing for a paladin to do. I'm just going to put yeah. that out there. After you just got like a paladin of the night of the sacred object. You don't worship gods or deities. But aren't statues objects? Is a sacred object, though? Like how how dare you... Uh, in, in, insinuate that the object is somehow corporeal. You think the object's gonna look something like that? Are you crazy? You heathen? I, I don't know, man. I just thought you liked things. No. The, I mean, there's the a lot thing, of objects everywhere. Don't get me started about things. That's a whole other church. There's a whole schism in our order about that. <laughs> how, dare, how dare you? I'm gonna bash this statue. I'm gonna take it down. Okay. Like the, hor like the horrible person that I am. 
Oh, roll the nineteen. <laughs> so Giovanni goes to strike at the statue, and like you're, you're smart. I mean, you're not a smart man, but you understand how to use your weapons, and you don't go swing at it with your blade. You hit it with the pommel of your sword, and you just bash at it, and one of the arms actually falls off of it. And Giovanni, could I get you to roll a d100? Oh yeah, nice. God curse. Ninety-four. Oh. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Yet. All right. I mean, it's just a statue. Can I break the other arm off? <laughs> yes, you can. Flirting with disaster every day. Oh my god. Fourteen. Does that does that do it? Yeah, you manage to smash off the other arm as well, and your your friends are just kind of looking on as you're beating this statue senseless. Roll another D one hundred. Oh man. A 99. Giovanni, you feel bad. And I don't mean in the sense of like, you feel like morally bad. Like you just desecrated the site of a very important God. Because you have no idea. It could be anyone. But you feel like you just peed on the sacred object. You don't know where the sacred object is. You don't know what it is. It's in a box somewhere. I know that it's not here. I would be able to sense it. It's certainly not here. But you feel like if you had somehow desecrated it, that there would be some kind of karmatic repercussion as a result of doing that. And there is some karmatic justice that might happen in the future. And you don't know what that's going to be or how that's going to manifest itself. But you feel like justice is going to come your way at some point. Well, then I better nip this in the bud than just smash the head too out of fear. Okay. And that's a 20. Yeah. The head is smashed. Another D hundred or Yep, another D hundred. Fifty-three. Nothing happens. Excellent. I have cleansed the shrine. <laughs> I think we should get out of this room here, guys. I don't yeah. have a good feeling yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's a bad mojo about this now for sure. What are you talking about? Don't aren't you both like wild magic dudes? Like one is wild and one is wild magic. I'm formerly of the temple, man. This is this is just bad it had bad mojo written all over it. Yeah, well, my uh, object will disagree. So you left the room with the rats and the desecrated shrine statue. Yeah. Cleansed chamber. From a certain perspective. <laughs> From a certain point of view. Oh my god. If I have to respect that religion, they have to respect mine too. Well, they didn't do anything to that religion, so here we are. So you leave the room with the rat folk in it, and you re-enter the room with all the, the leech corpses. And you can tell that it's a pretty large room as you continue to explore it downwards. And as you continue down on your right-hand side of the room, which was adjacent to the empty room that you opened up, are some more bars that seem to lead to the north. I reckon those bars probably lead to the other bars. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking based on our spatial awareness. So keep your gloves clean. See, as you just wash your hands. Yeah, I'm really feeling high and high off this charisma boost that I still have for six more minutes. Remember to wash your hands, guys. Yeah. Let's keep trekking straight ahead. Yeah. All right, so you continue down the room, and you walk into another open room, and there is a corpse in it. Oh, oh shit. Oh, a ghastly corpse. The corpse dibs that treasure chest. <laughs> you I all check it I, first. I saw it first. So you you <laughs> guys, also saw guys. it. Let me do my monologue. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So you walk into the room. There is a corpse on the ground. And by the corpse is a treasure chest in the center of the room. What do you do? I think it might be booby trapped now that I have a second to think about it. 
It's in this circle. There's a corpse beside it. Who has the best sleight of hand? Maybe you, Brandon, but I'll, I'll check. I'm not too sure. I'm not so good at the mechanical stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've got a plus three for sleight of hand. So oh, if yeah, we yeah. want to try and disarm it or whatever, we should investigate first. I'm only a one, Brennan, so... What, investigate it first. See if there are any traps, and then if they need to be disarmed, I'll do it. Perce like perception? Can we all investigate, or should we appoint one person with the highest modifier to do it? I suspect that this is a case where you couldn't all roll to try and open it. One person has to do it. One person has to get close enough, yeah. Yeah. I'm plus five perception, guys, if you want me to try it. Yeah, let the elf do it. Okay. It's a... Uh... You got a 24. Oh, okay. You take a look at the chest lying in the center of the room, and you've perhaps looked at locks before in the past. I mean, it's kind of weird that you might be good at it because there aren't a lot of locks in the forest, but you manage to take a quick gander over it, and you kind of conclude that perhaps there isn't anything tricky about this chest. There doesn't seem to be anything that, you know, it's not like the chest is sitting on a, a plate that if you shift it will drop a, a stick of dynamite on you or anything. As best you can tell, there are no traps that are associated with this chest. It's locked, correct? It is locked. If you go to try and open it, it is not possible to open just through nicely lifting it. Okay. Should we investigate the body? Search for a key on the corpse? Yeah. May I? Uh, yeah. Roll an investigation check. All right. 18. Okay, well done. So you look at the body. It looks like the body has also been attacked by some rat folk. There are parts of it that looks like the blood has been drained from it, as best you can tell. If you're a forensic scientist, you'd be able to see that the body has been drained of blood. Looking through the pocket in its skirt, uh, you actually do find a key. Yeah. Ooh. Make way, make way. I'm going to open this thing up. The chest opens. And as you do so, you hear a crashing noise from somewhere inside of this facility. Thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. The next part will be coming out next week, and I plan on sticking to a weekly schedule where episodes will be released every Wednesday mid-morning. If you're interested in hearing more about us, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, or Patreon as Late and Legends. A special thanks to Kate for the artwork that she's created. You can find that on our Instagram page at Late and Legends. Again, thanks to John Tibbery for the music that he wrote for this, as well as past episodes. You can find him on Instagram as Johnstagram666 or in his band at Astral Witch Band. We'll see you next week. patron this is where your voice would go 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 go